Wow. Well, can I twist this? There we go. Um, I just want to, first of all, just say thank you, Lindsay, Liana, everybody. I was not expecting that until <laughs> you came and talked to me, but um, I'm just so humbled and honored, and you just bring me to tears. Um, you're truly an answer to prayer. And like Lindsay said, we do we can't go without supporters, and so we're just super, super, super honored and grateful and thankful, and I just can't even say it enough. So um, whatever the Lord leads you, if he leads you to partner with us, thank you from the bottom of our hearts because um, it's just really a blessing, and we just can't even tell you enough, so thank you. Um, well, man, it's been so fun being with you guys this weekend. It's been such a joy and an honor. And before I share this morning, I just want to, to tell you that there should be enough for everybody. But as we're talking about our stories and um, just the last couple days and then how God's just taken us through like our past and our present and our, just our future and trusting and, and surrendering and, our, and everything, um, I just brought you a little reminder of just what God's done in your hearts this weekend. And so here's the bookmarks. There's about six different like scripture bookmarks and then just some other fun random ones. And there's about, I don't know, 75 or so these so there should be enough for everybody but if not I'm, I'll send you one <laughs> but anyway just pick those up afterwards but I just thought as we're talking about that as we're looking at journaling and what God's doing um I love reading and I'm assuming in your community you love reading and so just stick that in your bible or your journal as just like kind of a reminder of what God's sealed in your heart this weekend so that's just a little I love you guys um so yesterday afternoon we just talked about trusting God and letting God work in our hearts to just take us to a deeper level of trust as he takes us and as we process through the journey of our life that we've walked through. And then last night we talked about, I'm so sorry, is that me? Oh, okay. Um, last night we just talked about um, unyielded rights and things that we want, God wants us to surrender to him. And as at each of us, are focusing on allowing God to work in our own hearts, then as a community and as a group, we are able to learn, allow him to teach us how to trust each other. And so we can trust God, we can trust each other. And this morning, I just want to leave us with a challenge and with an encouragement. And I just want to call things out in you this morning because God, as we have done this process, as we've worked and we've allowed him to work in our hearts, he is calling you out and he is entrusting you with people around you. He is entrusting you with his children. And so I just want to call that out. And I want to just be able to, to just through the power of the Spirit, just just speak Christ's truth over you and, and that the Satan's lies will just be wiped out and that Christ's truth will just come to the surface. And um, I have three wonderful boys. I love them so much. I love them with my whole heart. They're just so sweet and precious. I wish you could meet them. Um, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a nine-month-old. And they are just the most precious little little boys. And they, um, they, the oldest one recently, he told me, he said, Mommy, he's, I don't know where he came up with this, but he said, you, you're going to be the princess forever. I said, oh, I'll be your princess forever. And then he said, no, actually, you're going to be the queen of the princesses. I was like, okay, better I'll be the queen of the princesses. And I just, you know, I just love them. And they, they like, um, I guess they see Jake giving me flowers or something because they'll start giving me flowers. And while we're itinerating, we'll, like, stop at, like, gas stations and, and like, um, 
rest areas and at the rest areas, you know, they'll go pick flowers and come bring me like little flowers. And I, I you know, so there are flowers are cards. And, and then um, when there's not flowers around, they bring me rocks and they bring me sticks and they bring me pine cones. So if you open, <laughs> there's like rocks in her car up in her dash that I, you know, and, and they're just so sweet. And, and so then as I was just thinking about today, and as I was thinking about how much I love my boys, um, you know, I came off this weekend and I left them with our beloved family. And I have no doubt that they are fine. I do miss them. I'll be excited to see them. But I was thinking about, I am not going to just drop them off at a stranger's house and say, take our kids for a week. But I am trusting our family with my our treasures, our little treasures of boys. And I was thinking about that as a group, as us. God wants to call you out that you will step up and say because he is entrusting you with his treasures and with his children and with his people and um, sometimes the enemy may want to lie to you and say well you're not good enough or you're this or you're that but this morning I want you to know and be reminded because I know that you probably have heard this a lot but you are capable of greatness and God is telling you and reminding you this morning it's not not for somebody else. It's not for just, you know, a, just a leader, but each and every one of you, God is saying, as you surrender your heart, as you learn to trust me, I want to entrust you with my children. I want to entrust you with my treasures, with the people that I love with my whole heart, that I died for, that I'm seeking and I'm searching and I'm, and I'm calling and I'm calling. God is calling people and he wants to work through you to be the voice to bring in these people and, and he is entrusting you with that. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. We are going to look at 1 Thessalonians. And I'm going to read quite a few scriptures in Thessalonians, but I'm going to jump around. But what I would really like to encourage you to do is um, this week, read the whole chap- uh, the whole book. It's only five chapters, super short. Um, you could read it in like 20 minutes down, 15. Um, if you're fast reading, maybe 10, <laughs> really fast. But, but not only 1 Thessalonians, but read Acts 16 and 17 also, because... 1 Thessalonians is the book that, or the letter that Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. But if you read Acts 16 and 17, it's cool to read them together because um, in Acts, it's kind of right around the place and the time of when Paul went to Thessalonica. So if you read Acts, you can kind of see what he's going through, see what he, like the situations that's happening. And then later he leaves the, the church at the, in Thessalonica and then Thessalonians is the letter he writes back to them. Make sense? All right. So, so read that on your own, but I'm going to, first of all, just kind of give you an overview of the, of the book. Um, so first Thessalonians, um, it's accepted that this book is one of the earliest of Paul's letters. So he wrote a lot of letters to the churches. He wrote some in, a lot in prison and so forth. That he, he was a missionary. He traveled all over. And he was writing letters back to the churches. But this is one of like the first that people um, just accept that this is one of the first ones. And the interesting thing about 1 Thessalonians is it's also one of the first pictures and views that we see of uh, Christian community. And... As we see, as you read the Acts, you'll see like that he had went through um, a difficult time in his ministry 
good things were happening. I mean, miracles were happening, just awesome things. People were coming to the Lord. Um, just amazing things were going on. But in that, the enemy was fighting. I mean, people were fighting him. He was beaten. He was thrown in prison. He was um, chased. So, I mean, this is a lot of stuff is, is going on. And around or in this time is when he visits Thessalonica. And, um, and he, it's not an easy season for him, but this is where he's at when he comes to the church here in Thessalonica. And this, the, the difference also with this, um, letter versus some of his other letters is a lot. Some of his other letters deal solely with like theology and here he hits on theological themes, but a lot of what he is talking about. And you'll see as I get ready and read some verses is a lot of his focus is on his love for this church. In this community and how he cannot stop thinking about him he just can't stop thinking about them he has um just built a relationship with them he loves them he misses them um you know we we all have friends and people that we love that are like separated and so and so we can kind of take that as you know just an uh, example of like that separation when we're when we love someone and so here paul is saying like you know, he's encouraging them to hold on to the faith, but he's just telling them how much he loves them. He's trying to get back to them. Some of the places say like, you know, like I've been hindered from coming, but I'm trying to get to you. And so, so this is kind of the theme of the book. All right. And so we're going to read, I'll, I'm going to tell you some of the verses that I'm reading. And if you want to jot them down, but again, please read the whole book. Um, so the, we're going to look at three things in Paul's relationship with the church, um, with this particular church that, I hope and pray we'll be able to help us as we are walking forward and, and stepping out in faith to take care of the people that God is entrusting us with. And so we're going to look at three things. And the first thing we're going to look at is Paul expresses his deep love and his concern, his genuine love for the church. So I'm going to start reading in verse five. Um, here we go. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Verse 6, but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. So here in these two verses, we, he, we see that he longs to see them. And we see that um, he says we can stand it no longer. Now, I know sometimes among um, maybe, probably community here and maybe friendships, yes, like there is that, there is that connection, that deep connection. But if you think about our culture and the church in general, like the, the church as a whole, we don't really talk about, talk like this anymore. Like, you know, like I long to see you. I, I just... Um, I just, I long to see you, and what else did he say? Uh, here we go. I can stand it no longer. Like, he's just, his mind, his thoughts are on the church. I'm going to jump to verse 8. It says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Verse 10 Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and, in, and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. And then verse 17 through 20, it says, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you again and again, but Satan stopped us. 
For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Can you feel like what he was feeling? And can you, can you hear the love that he has for these people? It's not, okay, I was a missionary. I traveled through. I met you. And good luck. No, he, the scripture says that he delighted to share the gospel and his life as well. And I believe, ladies, that God is calling us out to share the gospel, but to share our lives as well. He is entrusting us with his treasures, with his children, and, and he has, he wants us to partner with him. He longs for us to, to trust him and to partner with him. See, these people, had um, they had memories together. They shared history together. They had spiritually fought together. I mean, when you are, like, facing struggles and, and, and when you're, like, we talked about yesterday, when you are trusting each other, trusting God, fighting together, you be begin to get the love of God deep in your heart, and there's a bond that begins to create. And um, and these, they were facing even prison. Um, and so... If, you can imagine just the strong connection they had. They spiritually fought together. They suffered together for the gospel. Um, and they were bound together by the love of Jesus. Guys, the love of the world and the love of Jesus is so drastically different. <laughs> you know, and the world doesn't understand the love, the unconditional love of Christ. The love of the world is conditional. And as we talked about yesterday, um, it's all about usually all about self. How is this going to affect me? You know, here, I'll give you love, but, but it's, there's usually something that, that it's conditional. And here Christ is, is giving us an example of unconditional love. And he is saying that as he entrusts people to us, as he entrusts, um, sisters to us and so forth, that, that we will begin to ask God to give us his unconditional love for them. Because when we do awesome and powerful things are going to happen. Paul was a missionary, but this church in Thessalonica, it was not just an assignment for him. It, he gave his life. Um, he, he didn't want to stop with just, it wasn't like a checklist. Okay, I've told them, I've told them, but he poured out his heart. He poured out his life for them. Uh, I'll never forget, there was a missionary couple. Their names were, um, they were the Stewarts, and they were out of our church in North Carolina, and they are like my heroes. They went to India, I don't even know how many years ago, but they went when they had to take a boat over. So they got on a boat, they went over for five years, they had children born over there, and so basically like when they said goodbye to their family here, it wasn't like now, which is amazing, and I thank the Lord for it, but we could do, you know, FaceTime <laughs> and talk to them immediately, but when they said goodbye, it was goodbye for five years. They didn't know if their parents were going to pass away. They didn't know what would happen. Their parents, they had children on the field. They didn't know if they, you know, when they would see them, et cetera, et cetera. They would send letters. I remember hearing stories. They would send letters, um, back for it would take months. So, you know, you would tell something and like two months later they would find out what had happened. So this is like the hardcore missions I'm talking about. And I always just like, just love to just be with them because I just thought, man, what dedication, what um, incredible commitment and loyalty to following Jesus to the ends of the earth. And 
a few years back, um, they had come back to the States, and they're, like I said, they're from our home church in North Carolina, and I had heard that she had gotten really sick and she had cancer, and I, I believe at the time we were either overseas or we were traveling, and I like prayed and said, God, please let me talk to her before she dies. Please let me get home. Let me get home, and um, she, I would talk to my mom and say, how's she, you know, how's she doing, and, and she would have, you know, up and down, but... Um, and so we came back to the States, but we still weren't in North Carolina. And I heard she was getting worse and worse. And I just, I said, please, Lord, let me get, let me talk to them. Let me see her one more time. Their family was just really dear to us. Well, I, we made it to North Carolina and um, she was getting really bad off. And so I, I had a chance and I went and I, I just couldn't, it was such a miracle that she lasted and, and I was able to actually meet with her. But um, I got there and the family was there and she was laying in bed and, um, and I just, I just went up to her and, you know, we talked and I said, Sister Stewart, do you have any advice for us? Because here she is, a lady on her deathbed that has served Jesus by living out the Great Commission in another nation, a foreign land. And here we are at the beginning of ministry, living out the Great Commission in a different land. She, we're in Russia. She's in India. But it doesn't matter if we're in Russia or India or Colorado. It doesn't matter. America, wherever God calls you to be faithful, that's where you're supposed to go. If God doesn't call you to India, don't, you know, go where God's called you and where he's placed you. But the point is, I said, do you have any advice for me? Because <laughs> I want all of your advice. But the only thing she looked up, she was laying there on her deathbed, and she said, just let them know that you love them. She said, let them know that you love them. And I will never forget that. Let them know that you love them, not with our love that is so conditional, not with human love, but when we are filled with the love of Jesus, then the love of Jesus can pour out to those that God has entrusted to us. And it was such a miracle that I got to meet with her because they told me she passed away that week. And they told me that after that night, that was the last night she had like intelligible, like conversations. Um, she really didn't really talk hardly any after that. And so I really believe, and I know that God let me talk with her one more time. And I just want to pass on this, um, this, um, advice to you guys that, uh, uh faithful lady lover of Jesus gave to me whoever God has put in your life whether it be small group girls whether it be people at your job whether it be family members whether it be people that you have met maybe you somebody in your class that that maybe seems lonely or God has told you to talk with them and build a relationship with them, whoever it is. And I just hope and pray and believe that right now God's even putting people on your hearts and in your thoughts. But whoever that is, I really believe that God wants me to tell you today through Sister Stewart that let them see the love of Jesus. Let them know that you love them through your words, through your actions. Let them know that you love them. It doesn't matter where you are. If God is entrusting people that he has placed in your life, be faithful. Be faithful. When we, like we talked about yesterday, when we have yielded our rights, we're not holding on to things. We're not, you know, holding and, and, and protecting ourselves, trying to self-preserve ourselves. But when we have yielded our rights, surrendered our rights to Jesus, when we've done this, when we're living a surrendered life and we're truly trying to follow the Lord, then God's desires and his love and his heart becomes our own. 
And I think about the scripture that says, like, God will give, um, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But guys, when we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, then our desires come from him. Our, our, his heart and his desires. And so as his heart and his desires become our own, then as we step out in faith to, to share and to reach and to help those that God has placed in our life, then our motives um, are not selfish. Our motives begin to reflect the love of Jesus because we're doing it connected to Jesus, connected to the vine, connected to the lover of our souls. And that is, that is how we are following out and, and, and walking out in courage to, to be faithful to those that God has entrusted to us. Worldly love has limits, like I said, but the passion and the love of Jesus that flows from the heart of God, it's powerful and it's life-giving. So ask God to fill you with his love. Ask him to, to show you. Guys, I remember one time in high school, um, there was a, a student that was really hard to, to love, and I remember thinking, like, man, it's really hard to be around her. But I felt like I was supposed to reach out to her, and so I just started talking and so forth. And the ironic thing is, she became my very best friend in high school. We became best friends. We played sports together, and, like, even now, we'll, like, reconnect when I come home sometimes. And so if God has called you, be faithful, okay? So that's the first thing. Let them know your genuine love. The second thing Paul did, and, and it gives us an example of, is he dealt with the church's problems. So when we are loving, when our love is authentic and it's truly the love of God, there are times where we have to deal with things. Paul was not afraid to address issues and admonish people to live out a life that would glorify God. And this flows from a heart of, of the love of God in us. Um, in, in Chi Alpha and small groups, we often say, I'm sure you probably say it here, um, but over my dead body will I let you live a stupid life. <laughs> Fight for them. Fight for them. True love doesn't always give somebody everything that usually doesn't give somebody everything they want, but they do everything in their, possibly, to help them walk with Jesus for the rest of their life. And true love, um, it requires things of us. When we are walking and we are do, being obedient to God for the people around us, real love, um, it requires self-sacrifice and selflessness. Um, sometimes God may ask you to sacrifice your time. Maybe he's asked you to just spend time with a person. Maybe it's spend time in prayer. Uh, maybe he'll... He's woken you up at night and all you want to do is sleep because you're exhausted, but you need to pray and God's asking you, will you surrender this time to pray for your sister, to love your sister with the true authentic love of Jesus because he is entrusting us with them. It also requires truth, speaking the truth in love. Do it gently. But if we see a sister living in sin, it's way more loving to... Um, to speak the truth in love and to help restore them through the love of Jesus, through scripture, through, uh, through um, the cross, rather than not wanting to confront things and then it leading to a path of destruction. True love is going to help them walk with Jesus for the rest of their life. And Paul gives us this great example. 
Um, things that you'll read about when you read First Thessalonians on your own um, are some of these things. And when I look at our culture and when we look at our lives today, it's some of the same exact things. People are people. No matter what generation, what culture you're in, people deal with most of the same things. And so some of the things that Paul dealt with and he addresses in First Thessalonians, he addresses um, a holy lifestyle. He addresses sexual immorality, um, self-control. And there's so many subpoints that could fall under all of these things. Brotherly love. He talks about the uh, second coming of Christ. And then he encourages them to build each other up. Encourages them to encourage each other. Do you see the theme here? Do you see what, what he's wanting to do and, and the example that he's giving us of, of being faithful to those? I want to read verse 14. It says, and we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Paul recognized and he understood that everybody was different and everybody is going to have different struggles and different needs and different things that they're going through. And sometimes in our natural, we may not be able to see that. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. But when we are connected to Jesus, we've, we've surrendered. He's our Lord. We're not holding on to things. He's directing us. Um, then, with the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're leaning on His direction, when we lean on our own self, um, we will fail. When, when moments of my life where I've tried to do it myself, I've failed miserably. And then when I remember, oh, shoot, I can't do this on my own, you know, because it, it doesn't matter how long we've walked with the Lord. There's tendencies if we're not super careful to, to just realize, like, and get comfortable when we've done it enough to think, okay, I've got this. But no, we don't have this. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need to every day rely on Jesus. Every day have that devotional life. Be rooted. Be grounded. Surrender our rights. And then allow him and he's going to help us. So if there may be some girls in our lives, as Paul says, help the, warn the idol, okay? Um, there may be some people that we see that are living a lukewarm life. Guys, we can't live a lukewarm life. We can't be uh, mediocre. God is asking for everything. He said, he said, don't, don't be lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. He doesn't want that. When we're lukewarm, we are not only like hurting ourselves, but we're being a horrible example to others and we're not showing them Christ. And here Jesus is saying, just give it all. Be sold out for me. Love me. Know me. Have, I want to spend time with you. And if we see people that are living a lukewarm life we need to warn them it says warn the idol help them um encourage the timid guys it's hard sometimes following and, and it is scary because our culture the people around us um they're not following jesus uh we live in a very a very hard culture that that is not at all glorifying of god but they're pushing agendas they're pushing um so so many things and to stand up for that takes the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit, guys. We have to. And he's saying, encourage the timid. Help them. Walk alongside them. Walk with them. I remember in Russia, um, it's very hard for them in Russia to share their faith, but they're, it's also very hard for them to even meet people because they're, they're given their friends, like in high school or in elementary, they're, they have their class, they call them group mates, and they have them their entire school years and so they have friends that they're given and then the same thing happens in college they have their group mates and they're with them through their whole 
group is for their whole college. So it's hard for them. I know we have classes and so forth. We have different classes and so forth. And we just in America, we just have more of a culture of meeting people and so forth. But it's really hard for them. And so I remember like in our, um, some of our groups, we would, we would tell them guys, let's, let's go like share our faith. Let's go meet some people. And this, like they were terrified, but they were timid. And I remember this one girl in particular, her name was Vera and she was very quiet. Like she was, um, Vera means faith, by the way, in Russia. Um, this is just a random fact, <laughs> but, um, she was like so timid and so scared. And, and she was like, her personality was more quiet anyway. And so I remember going with her and we would go together and we would work things out together because again, together, God is asking us to walk alongside of people, people that God has entrusted you with. If they are idle, warn them. If they are timid, encourage them. Whatever each individual person needs that God has put in your life, ask the Holy Spirit. Don't try to figure it out yourself, but ask the Holy Spirit, what does this girl need? What does this person need me to show them through you, about you? And so ask them. The next one, it says, he helps the weak. We're all struggling with different things. Um, there may be times where there's somebody that's struggling with a sin or or whatever it may be, maybe a pa- their past. But help them, like be there for them. Don't just don't just say I- I'm praying and then don't don't do anything else. Yes, pray for them, but but help them, encourage them, be there for them, um, and, and just whatever God's leading you to do. Again, be connected to the Holy Spirit. I can't say it enough because we need to help him. And the last thing Paul says is be patient with everyone. And love is patient. Love is kind. You, you can read the list. There's a lot of lists. There's a list of First Corinthians too. But this is what love is. And when we are connected to Jesus, when we're rooted deeply in him, whatever the situations are in the lives of the girls that God has put around you and entrusted you with, be patient with them. It might be a process, but be patient with them as God is patient with us. Thank the Lord he is. Um, and keep our eyes on Jesus. Just keep your eyes on him. And, and when our eyes are fixed on, on Jesus, he is going to help us in every situation. When we don't know what to say, he can give us the words. When we don't know what to do, he'll give us ideas. Okay, stay connected. So Paul showed us this genuine love. And he showed us that he addressed issues. And then the third thing he says is he rejoiced with them and encouraged them. And verse 6 says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and brought good news about your faith and your love. So Paul talks about their work, their work and their faith and their endurance. He reminds them how they left their past. They left idols and they left things that, that were their lords of their life. They left them. Um, in that culture, they were literal idols. Um, He left them to follow God, and he encourages them that they now, as they have left their past, as they have surrendered to God, made Jesus Lord, now they have become models for those around them. And he's encouraging them. He's rejoicing with them. And just as you help your sisters in their struggles, rejoice with them in their victories. Enjoy life. Have fun together. Laugh. Be friends. Um, In verse 16, Paul writes, after all this, Paul writes, be joyful always. Be joyful always. Just love each other. Love Jesus. Because as God is the creator of community, he created good. He created 
laughter. Everything bad in the world comes from the sin in the world, but everything that is good, that God wants us to enjoy each other. He doesn't want there to be um, us to feel like we have to just be down. Of course we have down times, but he wants us to enjoy each other, enjoy um, the, the love that he's given us. Guys, as we have yielded ourselves, as we have trusted God, as we are asking him to teach us to trust each other, then he is asking us to bring people into our community. He's asking us, whatever that looks like for you, I want to just tell you today, be courageous. Do not be afraid to speak. God has given us a voice. He's given you a voice. Now, uh, be faithful where God has placed you. Guys, I know that you are tough women because you proved it last night. <laughs> What's it called? Swackling. Swackling. Swackling? All right, you guys are awesome swacklers. I felt really excited and happy to be joined into, I felt like I was really a part of CSU because I have joined the swackling club. <laughs> Whatever. But, you know, I am very competitive and I was very sad that I lost twice, but I have to say this. When you got, all the people that got out there, I know that y'all are very competitive too. And do you know that thing that rises up when you're competitive? You're like, I am gonna do this. You know what I'm talking about? That is awesome, and I love that because I'm so competitive. I played basketball, it was so fun. I just, it's just awesome. But guys, that is fun, and games, that's all good. But we need to get that, uh, in the spirit realm, okay? God is calling that out of you, okay? And everything that Satan wants to say, look, you're not strong enough. Look at all those other girls swapping. You can't do it. Like, you know, like, but you can do it. And, and in the spirit realm, there's lies that Satan's going to tell you. There's, you haven't known God long enough, or you haven't been in church long enough. You haven't been in small group long enough. You haven't done this. You haven't, your past is too messed up. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever Satan tells you, these are lies. And God is telling you today to let him just crush those lies because Satan is the father of lies. And God is telling you that you can just put those high socks on and get out there because spiritually he has people that he wants to entrust to you. He has children, his treasures that he loves, that he is saying, here, I'm putting these people in your lives. I'm putting, I want you to rock it for Jesus and to to fight for them with all of your heart. Don't put, like we said, like I said earlier, um, don't let them live a stupid life, whatever it takes. You fight for them. If it means praying in the middle of the night, if it means getting up and going and, and getting them out of bed and, and whatever it means, like I remember somebody, I don't remember if it was Jake or somebody told me, no, it was a friend of mine. They said they were in college, they were in Kaiapha. They had, um, they were starting to come, but they just like kind of fell back. And one of their friends went to their dorm room, got them out of bed and said, you are going, we're going. And they like went and that girl got radically saved for Jesus. And I don't know what God's telling Telling you don't you know listen to the Holy Spirit guys follow the Holy Spirit don't go wake everybody up in the middle of the night but follow as you're listening to the Holy Spirit be bold be courageous because God wants you and is calling you and is telling you each of you as an individual I have people around you
you. And guys, there's people that I am going to be able to reach that you are not going to be able to reach because they're not in your life. But there's people in your life that you are going to be able to reach that I am not going to be able to reach because they're not in my life. I don't know them. We can't. But as a community, as a body of believers, God is saying, you do your part, you do your part, you do your part, you do your part. And all of us together can advance the kingdom. We can do that. And guys, I think about when I was thinking about this, even this morning, it's not even in my notes, but I was thinking our culture, um, just our society, the political realm and, and everything, everything is about rights. Everything is, and, and as we as women, we know that there's a lot of things about women just like being able to just stand up and do this and this and this. And I'm not even at all talk. Don't get involved with that. I'm not speaking that. All I'm saying is if, if all of these people can do this in the natural, why don't we as women of God say, you know what? I'm going to have the word of God as my foundation and I'm not going to let Satan silence me. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to speak truth and love. I'm going to speak the authentic gospel because the power of the gospel, it's the power to change lives. It's the power to deliver. He has the power to set people free, to deliver them from addictions, from fears, whatever it may be. Our Jesus, our God, the God that made those beautiful mountains out there, the God that made the beautiful trees, that made the oceans, that made us, that loves us, that died for us, that gave everything he is saying he it's him and we have the opportunity to know him and then to make him known and God is calling you each of you to do this be faithful Paul made an impact a strong huge impact in the church at Thessalonica we see this in, in this book, but not only did Paul make an impact in their lives, but they obviously made an impact in his life. And guys, as we step out in faith, as we step out in love and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and taking those steps of, of, of faith wherever God may lead us, it might be a little bit scary at first, but... Um, but take it, and then it's going to get easier and easier. And as we do this, not only are we going to be a blessing to someone else because we're sharing Christ, but as we build that relationship, they are going to be a blessing to us. It's mutual, and the community is built, and it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It, it goes two ways. First Thessalonians 2.4 says, Speak, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. And we've been talking about this the last two days. Searching our hearts, yielding everything, surrender, love, trust. Trust God, trust each other, and be faithful to those that God has put in your life and is entrusting you with. And guys, girls, technically. <laughs> Let us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, just, just go all out for Jesus. Just follow where he's called us because you are his daughters and you are called for a purpose. And he has a plan that is greater than you could ever imagine if you just surrender and follow that. And I want to just close today by, I would like, can you come back and play that song, Build My Life? And I just want to pray over you if that's okay. And then um, I just want to take just a little bit of time. I don't know how much time we actually have left. 
just, okay, so we'll just do like a worship song or two. We'll just do Build My Life, and then we'll, we'll pray and close it out. And I just want you to know, guys, that I love you. I believe in you. And I just really believe that when you do these things, that you are going to draw closer to God, draw closer to Jesus. And as you grow closer to the heart of Jesus, you individually, say your name, put it in the blank, are going to be a kingdom advancer. There's going to be people in heaven because of you. And what an amazing responsibility and privilege that the God of the universe would entrust us us with this responsibility. So I believe in you so much. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, thank you, thank you that you would choose us, that you would love us enough to go to the cross for us, despite our humanity, our sins, our failures, our just over and over, God. We are just nothing without you, but God with you, and God with you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And God, right now, I pray a blessing on every lady in this place. God, I pray where there's fear, it'll be broken. God, I pray where there's addictions, it'll be broken. I just pray where there's things in the past, things that they've held on to and they've struggled with. God, I pray that that through this weekend and what you've done in their hearts, God, I pray that they won't like go back to it, but that they would just come to you with open hands and open hearts, God, letting you heal them from things, letting you set them free from things. And God, I pray that as we walk out today, God, I pray that we will never look back. I pray that we'll walk out today in a deeper level of trusting you. I pray that we will walk in a a level of deeper trusting each other and that we will walk out bold, filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to impact those around us that God has placed in us. I speak a blessing over everybody here. We just worship you. We love you, God. Thank you for who you are, Jesus.
Um, before we end, I feel like as we're singing that song, some of you guys are realizing that you want to build your life around Jesus for the first time. And um, guys, if there's anyone here who has not fully given their hearts to Jesus, right now is the best moment to do it. You are surrounded by the greatest women ever who love you and would do anything for you. Um, and if, you, if you're that person, please, please talk to your small group leader, talk to the person next to you, and we'll pray for you, and we'll help you, and, and if you're scared, please, please say something. That, you know, the fears that we have deep in our heart, they lose their power when we speak it out. They really do. If we, if we keep them, like, trapped inside of us, then it, it feels so powerful, like this giant that we can't, um, we can't take over. But once we speak it out into a community like this, it loses its power, and, and we can speak truth over you, the truth, not, not lies that maybe you guys are believing in. So if you're that person, please um, talk to someone. And also, um, you know, what Shelly just spoke was so good. And if you got, if there's any of you who have just had this prayer of, Lord, I want to be used. I want to be used in a mighty way. I want you to make much of my life, Lord. And if you want that, I also encourage you to talk to someone and to say, hey, small group leader, I really feel like God wants to use me. How do I, how do, I do that? What does that look like? And just to say that as well. Um, is so good so that your small group leader can help you and to show you how um, how to play your part in the community of reaching out to the people around you because you are the best person for your world <laughs> to reach out to. You are all capable of doing it. You are all capable of, um, of being a minister where you are. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to pray for that and then we'll close. Um, Jesus, thank you that you are good. You are so good, and Lord, um, you are the best thing we can build our life around, Jesus. You are steadfast. You are the rock that we can build on. You do not wash away, Lord, with any anything that comes our way, Lord. You are steady, Lord, and we can put our faith and our trust in you, Jesus. You are so much greater than any problem we have, than any obstacle that we need to face. You are so much bigger, Lord, and I pray that um, if there's anything our community can be marked by, it's women of faith. Lord, I pray that we would be women of faith, that we would have faith in you and who you are and the promises that you have spoken to us, Lord, as people who love you. Lord, and I just pray that we would be women who believe it, who full-heartedly believe that you, when we call on your name, you are there, and and you can uh, break, you can do as much breakthrough as as you want, Lord. And so, Father, may we just go forward, trusting you with our lives, giving up our rights, uh, picking up our cross, and following you, and counting it all as lost for the sake of Christ. And Lord, you are worth it. You are the greatest gift we could ever have, Lord. And I pray that you would use each woman to be a mouthpiece for you, God. I pray that every woman in this room would be a shining example of who you are. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are raising up these women to transform, um, Lord, CSU, to transform Colorado and the world, Jesus. 
Um, Lord, and I just thank you for Shelly, God. Thank you for bringing her here safely, God. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would provide for Jake and Shelly, Lord, in this time that they are trusting you. Lord, I pray that they would um, raise all the funds that's needed, God, by this summer, Lord, that they would be fully funded, um, Lord, and that you would just give them provision, God, in anything that they need, that they would even have extra, God, to just be a blessing to other people, Lord. And I pray that um, you only have greater things in store for the country of Russia, God. Lord, I thank you that you love Russians, that you love those people, Jesus, and you've sent your best, Jake and Shelly, to be a light for you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would provide, Lord, you would provide for them in every single way, God. And I pray that our students would send them out, God. I pray that the students in here, even, even though it might be scary, that they would trust um, you with their money, God, and that they would be givers, God, because they are giving to you, God, to your kingdom, Jesus. And so, Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for this weekend, God. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing, Lord. We just give you all the glory. Amen.